The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. In the 15th year of the rule of the, of the Emperor Tiberius, when Pontius Pilate was governor over Judea and Herod was ruler over Galilee, his brother Philip was ruler over Etura and Trachonus, and Lysanus was ruler over Aberdeen during the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas. God's word came to John, son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. God went throughout the region of the Jordan, calling for people to be baptized to show that they were changing their hearts and lives and wanted God to forgive their sins. This is just as it is written in the scroll of the words of Isaiah the prophet. A voice crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make his path straight, every valley will be filled, every mountain and hill will be leveled. The crooked will be made straight and the rough places made smooth. All humanity will see God's salvation. The gospel of the world. Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Okay. There's a lot of construction happening around here, isn't there? Yeah. You look at the freeway and you see big machines, you know, bulldozers and road scrapers and graders and all that. They're repaving our streets. Yes. Because they think that if they add a new lane to the freeway, it'll make less traffic. Well, possibly. But yeah, that's the thinking. So anyway, they're making new roads. And uh, they're preparing the ground first for the new roads, okay? So, in our gospel lesson today, we heard that John the Baptist is out among the wilderness and talking to people about preparing their roads for the coming of Jesus. Now, how, how would you, if you look at a road as, as being your heart, and you want to prepare your heart for the coming of Jesus, how would you do that? Hmm? Yes? Well, you know what I prepared for Jesus? Yeah. I'd get a plate, and I'd put a Caesar salad on it with croutons <laughs> and lots of dressing. Oh, well, that's one way. Okay. Um, and for dessert, a donut. Okay. Well, we are preparing for the baby Jesus to come, right? And this is a season, Advent is a season of preparation. So, I suggest that you think of your hearts as a cozy little bed, okay? And you're going to bring the baby Jesus into your little hearts, okay? And give him rest so that, he, that his love can grow in you, okay? Got it? All right, off you go.
Send your spirit, God, to open our hearts and our minds to your word and strengthen us to live according to your will. In Jesus' name. The older I get, the more these weeks between Thanksgiving and Christmas seem to be characterized by the word frenzy. Everyone seems so busy with shopping and entertaining and just running around. When Christmas finally gets here, all of us will be exhausted. We will have overdone it. We will have bought too much, decorated too much, eaten and drunk too much. To tell you the truth, all I really want from Santa this year is a nap. <laughs> it's fairly standard at this point in the sermon for the preacher to rail against the commercialization of Christmas. But it might surprise you to learn that in America, at least, Christmas did not become a big deal until the 20th century. <clears throat> Our New England forebears observed Thanksgiving and New Year's, but early Americans equated Christmas with pagan winter solstice celebrations and papist rituals. It wasn't until our modern commercial era that Christmas became popular. So I, for one, will not stand here in the pulpit and beat up Santa, Rudolph, or the elves. In spite of everything wrong with it, I love our American Christmas. But as a follower of Jesus, I'm never sure that I want to turn my own holiday into a hallmark or lifetime Christmas movie either. Which is to say that you and I as Americans and as Christians experience this season in conflicting ways. The world's Christmas season is a time of frenzy. The church's Advent season is a time of quiet. One of the great blessings of the Christian life is this season of Advent, the four weeks that lead up to Christmas Day. Observing Advent means that we shift our focus away from the frenzy. Advent asks that we prepare for the coming of Christ at Christmas. And that coming of Christ moves both backward and forward in time. Christ came at the first Christmas. Christ will come at the end of time. And Christ always comes to us now. While the rest of the world frenzies to the beat of the Christmas season, which actually began sometime around Labor Day, you and I have been given the gift of Advent, a time to watch and to wait for something extraordinary which is coming toward us now. In today's Gospel, we hear the first reference to the ministry of John the Baptist, who, as Luke tells us, appeared in the area around the Jordan River, proclaiming a baptism of repentance and the forgiveness of sins. The most famous thing that John says in this gospel is actually a quotation from the prophet Isaiah. The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Every valley shall be filled and every mountain and hill shall be brought low and the crooked shall be made straight and the rough places made smooth, and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. 
John's talking, of course, about the coming of Jesus and his ministry. He is a voice crying in the wilderness, making the path straight and the rough ways smooth so that we might be ready to greet the one who approaches. John preaches a baptism of repentance and the forgiveness of sins so that you and I may greet with joy the one who will be born in Bethlehem. The church has traditionally thought of this season of Advent as a time of cleansing, a time of preparation. Advent is a time for us to attend to the voice of one crying in the wilderness. It's a time for us to make our own paths straight and our own rough ways smooth. We're making ready a place in our minds and in our hearts for the one who is even now coming toward us. And that understanding of Advent as a time of gift and quiet and preparation brings me back to our drive to overachieve in our celebrations of Christmas. When we listen to that voice crying in the wilderness, I hear two words being spoken to us in the here and now, words about how we can both personally and together prepare the way for Jesus' birth. First, to each of us as individuals. Christ is coming toward you now. This means many things, but perhaps the deepest thing it means is that you are worth enough to God and Jesus for this whole immense drama to take place. Each of us, to some extent, dwells in an internal wilderness, and each of us needs to hear that the one coming toward us does so in love and blessing and peace. There are many reasons that people overdo it at this time of year, but at least one big explanation is our nagging fear of worthlessness. Maybe if I give the perfect gift or serve the perfect dinner or put on the perfect party, well, maybe then I will matter and I will be accepted. The first great truth of Advent and of Christmas is this. God is doing this whole thing for you. Christmas is about what theologians call the incarnation, about the coming of God into human flesh in Jesus Christ. And what the incarnation finally means is that you and I matter. We are created in God's image. We are endowed with God's purpose and God's blessing. By taking on human life in Jesus, God says that everything we do, everything we experience counts. If you are entertaining and giving gifts out of a deep sense of the abundance of God's love for you, well, that's wonderful. But if you're doing all that out of a sense that you have to earn something, then you need to think again. You matter. You count. You are accepted. You are loved. That is what God's voice says to you in this wilderness of frenzy. And God's voice says a second word to us that you and I, all of us, need to hear together. It's not only that God comes to us in our wilderness to tell us that we matter. It's also that there are others out there, lost in this wilderness, who need to hear this message too. These, are, these folks are hungry, they're sick, they're poor, they're lonely. 
There are people who need to hear this message. There are lonely, cynical, alienated people who need to hear it as well. If Christmas becomes only a celebration of our own preciousness, then it's only a pale parody of the real festival to which God calls us. The real deep point about Christmas is that it is a celebration of the wild, crazy, profligate abundance of God's love for you, God's love for me, God's love for the world. One way we make the path straight for Jesus is to knock down our own internal barriers, which keep us from truly joyful living. Another way we make that way straight is to stand with and for those whose lives are characterized by scarcity. To the poor, to the oppressed, we reach out in generosity and advocacy and hope. To the lonely and alienated, we open our hearts and our houses and our churches of welcome and meaning and life. In community with all God's beloved children, we try, as Jesus tried, to create a table fellowship where we can together enjoy the abundant life that God created us to live. As much as I love everything we do at Christmas, I have to admit that it's often characterized by a gnawing sense that there just isn't going to be enough to go around. As a counterpoint to that sense, today's gospel gives us another one, that of a voice crying in the wilderness, a voice gathering us in community of repentance and forgiveness, waiting expectantly for the next wonderful thing that God might be about to do. The first group of women and men who gathered around Jesus discovered that in his presence, in his community of compassion and justice and sharing, there really was enough. Advent is a good time for all of us, both separately and together, to learn that lesson that Jesus' earliest followers knew. A commercial season will always tell you that you need just one more thing in order to be okay. The Gospel of Jesus announces precisely the opposite. You are okay now, just as you are. Christianity has always been a counterforce to every culture in which it has found itself. We have always been, as John the Baptist was, a voice crying in the wilderness. In a world obsessed with material excess, you and I are called to be, as John was, voices crying in the wilderness, voices crying, preparing the way for Jesus in our own minds and hearts and houses and in the wider world we inhabit. Prepare the way for Jesus. Make the pathway straight, the rough places smooth. You are so important to God that God comes toward you even now to grant you fullness and abundance of life. And all God's people, especially the ones at the margins of illness and poverty and alienation, all God's people are precious to God as well. Someone and something is coming towards us. Someone and something great 
is coming towards us. So let us pause now and open ourselves up to that one so that when Christmas finally gets here, we all may, all of us together, step out of this frenzy and simply give thanks. Amen.